Hi, thanks for joining me. This is the Herbicane Podcast, and I'm so glad that you are here. I'm Simon Osmo, a Brit living in America and a former UK police detective. Now, what is this podcast all about? Well, I've learned a thing or two about the power of a positive mindset, having been born into a mixed race family with an absent father, and I've seen many transformations in people's lives from my time in the UK police, and I've had many transformations in my own life, and I want to share these life lessons with you. So each week on the podcast, I interview people like me who have found their life's purpose, overcome adversity, or created a positive mindset to help you kickstart your life and journey. Now, my guest today is Jesse Iwuju. Now, if you're looking for an inspirational story, look no further, my friend. He was born of Nigerian parents who came to America seeking a better life, but his father was robbed of the only $200 that he had when he first arrived. Now, Jesse went to college, joined the US Navy, and is now one of the first African-American pioneers tearing up the NASCAR scene. So will you join me for this week's conversation as we dive into Breaking Stereotypes with Jesse Awuji. So Jesse Awuji, welcome to the Overcame Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm really excited for you to be here. And I was going to give my listeners a little bit of background as to who you are. So you spent seven years active service in the United States Navy. You transitioned to the reserves where you recently become a lieutenant commander. So well done. Congratulations. And thank you for your service there. Thank um, you. But interestingly, though, you are breaking stereotypes. I had to do a lot of research on this, um, Jesse, but you're only one of two black NASCAR drivers and maybe you're known as the other guy because Bubba Wallace is very well very well known I was telling some friends I'm going to interview like a NASCAR driver and I said oh Bubba Wallace I was like, no no the other the other one so it's I want to dive into that a little bit um in a few moments but you are obviously a NASCAR uh, driver and you are a two-time winner of the NASCAR diversity award and I've got to throw it out there that both me and you are from the Ibo descent in Nigeria. So maybe there's lineage. Maybe we're, we're, we're related, Jesse. Let's just say that. I'm, <laughs> I'm related to a NASCAR driver. I can do that. There you go. There you go. We're of the same tribe. So we, we have the same language and a lot of the same customs, a lot of the same traditions, all that stuff. So yeah, one people. <laughs> well, yeah. And I'm, so I'm really excited to talk to you because, you know, I started off with a bit of a, a jest saying, you know, you're, you're the other one, but, um, you know, and I know I've researched enough on social media to understand some of your views around it, but there's a lot of stereotypes about sort of black people in America and across the world. But what fascinates me with you, Jess, is that you're breaking a lot of those stereotypes. And I just want to tell a little bit about my listeners about, you know, at sort of college and growing up, you know, my internet research said that you ran the 60 meters, 100 meters, 200 meters, and four time 100 relay. Uh, and you were recruited into a Navy academy to play football. So those are the things, if you want to stereotype, if you want to have bias in your mind, those are the things that you might say an African-American plays. But you are now one of two nascar drivers which is really breaking stereotypes so i just love to hear a little bit about what got you interested in sort of um, nascar outside of sort of sports 
Yeah. So um, normal stick and ball sports I've, I've loved throughout my whole life. But after I graduated from college, um, all that stuff was over. You know, I could still do it recreationally, but I couldn't do it um, professionally anymore. I would say, you know, even college football isn't a professional, but it's pretty it's it's up there. <laughs> so I couldn't do that anymore. So I had to find out what's the next big thing for me to do. Like I wasn't going to go play in the NFL or anything like that. So um, I had always loved cars and I had always loved racing. So naturally I gravitated towards that and I started doing just little amateur stuff. I was going to open track days with my personal cars and, and doing these track days where I could drive real fast on a track and do tri time trial events and things like that. Some little competitions here and there. But um, from there, I was like, okay, how do I take this to the next level? How do I take it to the highest level possible? You know, how do I become a professional race car driver? So I was sitting in my room one night in January of 2014 and I pulled my whiteboard off the wall. I raced whatever was on it and I just wrote one big goal and that was to become a pro driver and that's where my journey began and from there it was trying to figure out how does a driver even become a race car driver you know what do i have to do what are all the steps what does it cost what does it take you know all that stuff so i had to immediately start doing research and find things and and, and the one thing i did see a lot was you can't do it unless you come from a wealthy family because it costs a lot of money to get into racing you can't do it unless uh, you come from a racing family because you don't have the connections uh, you can't do it because you're black you know whatever all this stupid stuff I was like, look, I already clearly had the vision in my mind, seeing myself become a professional race car driver. So because I saw myself at the end goal, because I clearly envisioned it, that means the deal is already done. Like I, I've already completed it sometime in the future. All I have to do from now is step every single day and find new innovative, creative ways to continue to push forward, no matter what comes in front of me, no matter what barriers are there, just continue to fight every single day, stay strong enough, long enough, and I'll eventually get to that vision that I saw, which was me being a pro driver and that's what i've been doing over the last you know five six years now and i've actually made my way into racing started working my way up the ranks of nascar started at the lowest level possible in nascar in 2015 racing late model stock cars from there continue to fight and grind every year to continue to work my way up now i'm racing at the national level I'm about a step or two below uh bubba wallace who's at the cup series which is the highest level the of other guy yeah the other yeah. guy but um I'll, I'll eventually get there it's gonna take time uh, a lot of resources obviously people help support money all that stuff but uh eventually i'm, I'm gonna get there and um you know for me it, the goal and dream is to get there and race full time and do it for quite a few years before i decide to go off to my next big thing hollywood <laughs> well yeah and it's interesting because um you said something there that i've heard denzel washington say once and i think he said something like true desire in the heart is god's promise to you that it's already yours and i think you said something which resonated there but you, you're already believing that you can fulfill this sort of these steps and by doing that you're then going to achieve them so so interesting so I want to tell you a little bit of uh, a story. A few weeks ago, I went to a, a garden center. I guess you call it a garden center or nursery here in sort of Minnesota where I live. And my, my son, youngest son, said to me, he's seven. He said, hey, dad, he said, you're the only black guy here. Do you realize that? And I was looking around and thinking, actually, yes, son, son, you're right. You know, and it was um, a nice event, but, but I was the only black guy there. And for me, I hadn't really thought about that until my son drew it to my attention. But for you being within NASCAR, that is a reality because on record, there's only you and Bubba Wallace. So I'd just love to get your feelings surrounding what's it like being uh, the minority around around others in NASCAR? Yeah, uh, being a minority, um, usually I, I try not to look at it, but you know, sometimes it's pretty apparent. You know, I'll look around and be like, yeah, there's not a lot of me here. <laughs> um, on, the, on the pit crew side, there is, you know, there's definitely a lot of African-Americans who are now joining a lot of pit crews on a lot of teams because a lot of these athletes are transitioning from, you know, college sports to, you know, 
of being pit crew members in NASCAR because it takes agility, strength, speed, hand-eye coordination, all that stuff, which is things that these athletes have. So you're definitely seeing that change on the on the pit crew side, which is awesome to see. But on the driver side, it, it's just it's not a lot of us. Um, there are other African American drivers in the United States of America. They're not in the National Series of NASCAR yet, but I think some of these folks are working towards that and they're wanting to get there. And eventually, I think some of them can. Um, it just once again it takes a lot of resources, a lot of energy, a lot of effort, grind, networking, and you know, obviously being a decent driver too. That's that's all part well, of it. Helps. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, there's so much outside of it. Unlike other stick and ball sports. It's like if I'm playing high school football and trying to get to college football and the NFL, there's not a lot of branding I need to do or marketing or anything like that. You, re- you really don't got to do any of that stuff. You just got to go play your sport well, and then you'll like make it. Well, you're not guaranteed to make it, but you know, you'll have a good, better shot at making it. Whereas in NASCAR, you can go play your sport well and that's so you can go be a good driver, but that is not guarantee that you're moving up to the next level. There's a branding side of it, marketing, networking, knowing the right people, getting sponsors, all that stuff, which has nothing to do with your actual ability to drive a race car. Well, sometimes it does, but not always. So that's what makes it a little bit difficult in motorsports to continue to move up. It's just, it's so much more than driving. You got to know the business aspect of it too. Yeah. And you know, you mentioned about the business side and the marketing and social media and everything that goes with it. But on the sort of the, the day-to-day sort of driving side, that's quite often, that's what you're judged at. You know, that's, that's sort of that the, how good is Jesse as a driver is obviously going to be the sort of the main headline news. But you know, being one of two African-Americans, and obviously you mentioned there's others in sort of lower NASCAR racing, do you feel pressure that all eyes are on you? What, what does that feel like? Uh, I don't really feel pressure as far as being like one of two African-Americans, you know, racing at the top uh, level of NASCAR. Or, or racing at the um, the top, yeah, the national level in NASCAR. I'm not at the top level yet, but I'm in the national level. I don't feel the pressure as far as being an African American there. Um, you know, sometimes the fans, you got trolls. There's always going to be trolls with this internet age. There's always people who are going to be like, oh, you know, why haven't you won a race yet? Why haven't you done this, this, and that? Well, you know, I'm still learning a lot, still trying to gain experience. You know, won't I won't start like because I started super late. Obviously, I'm not going to be the fastest driver out there immediately. If I did, then <laughs> that would be amazing. But, you know, I still have a lot to learn, you know, and even right now I'm not racing a full-time season. I'm racing like a part-time season. So I'm, I'm you know, I'll race and then I have like two months off and race and two months off. So it's really hard to get in the groove each time, but I'm doing what I can to just go out there and one finish the races and not be caught up in a bunch of crap and wrecks and things like that. You know, we're trying to bring out good race cars out there so that we don't break down during the race and have issues like that. So I'm just doing what I can right now to gain experience until once we have all the resources in place so I can run full seasons from there, that's when I'll start getting a lot better, better, better. And I've seen myself in some of the lower levels uh, get better and better throughout seasons when I've been able to race full seasons. So um, it just takes time. It's all just a grind. And, and a lot of people will never understand. And that's okay because they weren't meant to understand and they weren't meant to go where I'm going to go. But um, for me, I have to understand that it's all part of a process. Stay patient, just keep grinding, keep my head down and just keep moving. Yeah. And that's interesting you say that. And another thought that came to my mind is about sort of uh, being a, being a pioneer. And I guess, you know, the sort of the, the great Tiger Woods was, and still really is one of the few African-American or persons of color that sort of dominated the sort of the golf world. And I guess with you in sort of uh, motor racing, being so few African-Americans, you've got to be considered a pioneer. You know, you're one of the first. And there's something about being the second or the third as opposed to being the first um, the guy. So I want to take a different angle, not necessarily as to what do your peers within NASCAR think of you, because there's been a lot of 
publicity about things that happened last year in NASCAR with the, with the noose incident and all this type of stuff. But I'd love to know when you meet sort of African-Americans or people of color and you sort of tell them what you do, do they have any sort of bias in their minds around him? Well, I was expecting you're a six foot one, 200 pound guy. I thought you're going to say you're going to play football or you're going to race track. I wasn't expecting you to say that you're right. You sort of drive in, in NASCAR. What, what, are, what are your, what are the sort of black community feel about you being in, in NASCAR? It always comes as a surprise when I tell people how, there, there's been many times where I've been in a conversation with someone I don't know and they ask me what I do. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm uh, in the Navy reserves now as I do for some years. Um, I have a few businesses now that I've started and I run every day. It keeps me pretty busy and I race in NASCAR and they just like completely like don't listen to the island race in NASCAR park. Cause they think I'm joking. <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. like, I'm not, I'm not joking. Like I do, like I'm on TV, like racing, <laughs> look it up, you know? So, um, yeah, uh, a lot of times, sometimes it can be tough to get some people to understand that I do race. Um, some people are like, wait, what? That doesn't happen often. Like, how'd you get into that? And some people are super surprised. Some people love it. Some people are like confused. Um, it's definitely different, but I think as more minorities eventually get into motorsports and, and racing starts showcasing more of the minorities who are in, in uh, motorsports, I think, uh, eventually, you know, we'll get like, you know, the black community, the Asian community, well, you know, a lot of Asians race. There's a lot of people in, in, in Asia who race, yeah. but, uh, for the other communities who don't have a lot of people who race, like even the Hispanic community or, um, you know, all the other communities that just don't have a big representation in racing. Um, you know, it's, uh, it'll be cool once, once more of us get in, because then you can get all these other communities in who are more intrigued and watching it. Um, and eventually we can get to a point where we're as popular as, uh, soccer <laughs> yeah well you're just being graded by the quality you're driving as opposed to you know the sort of minority that you might stand for or perceived minority but i imagine there's a lot of kids out there who you meet must look up and want to emulate what you've done because like i said i mean being being sort of one of the few you are really a pioneer in the sport so it gives you a great opportunity to really sort of leave a leave a strong legacy so we need you climbing up those um we need you climbing up the ranks pretty quick to get up there yeah, most definitely. Yeah, it's a grind. It's a grind. I mean, once again, it takes a lot of resources to make it happen, but we're working every day to try to make that happen. Your sort of path to there, you know, I know you spent time in and you're sort of now in reserves in the US and Navy, you become a lieutenant uh, commander, which is it's incredible to do. And I know, uh, similar to me, you know, you were of um, Nigerian December, you were born in the US, correct? I mean, I've got that right. Yep. Uh-huh. I'm going to get too controversial because I'm not that type of guy, but I want to I push it a little bit surrounding this term of sort of privilege and stuff because I recently interviewed a guy, uh, a black guy from London who was born with a, a very rare disability where he was born with no arms and really short legs. But in talking to him, I realized that I was, you know, I was at a very poor upbringing, but I was uh, aware that I was privileged over him. And so I've got to pick up on a few things on you. I, I stalked your so, social media because I'm an ex-UK detective after I got to do my research. But I saw there was a proud moment in there that I know that your dad came from Nigeria with $200. I think he was robbed very early on, so had that money stolen from him. Your mom came and she was a housemaid for a while, so very humble, hardworking people. But I see the house that they have now, wherever it is, I'm not going to tell the say, but it, I mean, it's a massive house and yeah. you, you were right to be proud on there. But I wanted to sort of talk about privilege because I think everyone is privileged to some degree. So, I mean, I, I look as to where your family perhaps started being very poor, coming from Nigeria, and both your parents have done well and you've been successful. What does privilege mean to you when it's being sort of thrown around right now as uh, sort of white privilege and privilege in society? My Part of my belief is that everyone is privileged 
in some regard over someone else. But seeing that your parents have done so well and you break into NASCAR, how do you sort of um, determine what privilege is in your mind? Yeah, um, just like you just said, um, a lot of people are privileged in a lot of different ways um, over someone else. There's always going to be someone who has it better, who started in a better situation because uh, life, how I see it is life is a card game. Um, We are all dealt a certain hand. So anyone who's ever played a card game, guess what? When all when everyone gets dealt their hand, not everyone's hand is equal, right? And God deals us all a certain hand for this card game because at the end of the day, it all has to work out. It all has to start with a deck of cards and work out. Well, guess what? Your cards might not be as good as this cards, but there is absolutely no rule in the game that states because you started at this certain hand, you are not going to win. There's no rule. You can still find your way to win. Yes, it's going to be more difficult. Yes, this person might have a little bit more of advantage because of the card, that, the cards that they were dealt. But guess what? There still is no rule that is supposed to stop you. So when people say, oh, because this person is more privileged or whatever, that means I just I'm just not going to win. I'm not going to get to where I want to go. I'm not allowed to get to where I want to go, blah, blah, blah. Also, that's not true because there's many, many people who have shown time and time again that you can literally start with absolutely nothing and make it to wherever you want to go in life. I mean, my parents came here from Nigeria with with not much at all, but they came here with a little bit. I mean, for them to even make it over here, um, obviously, you had to find some kind of money to buy that plane ticket because that wasn't cheap. But my parents didn't really come from a lot of money. My dad had to you know, work for, for many years to save up that money to even get that plane ticket to come over here. But he did what he had to do. He did what was necessary. He was creative and ambitious enough to make it happen. A lot of people have all the desire in the world, but no ambition. And ambition is different than desire. Ambition is when you actually go and find ways to take that desire that's in you and try to execute on something every single day to make the goal a reality. Whereas desire is just you sitting there and dreaming about it. We can all dream all day, but if you don't have that ambitious attitude where you're going after it and trying to make it happen every single day, you're putting in actionable steps. You're putting in energy on a daily basis. That's what's going to allow you to get to that goal. And you might have to do it a lot more than other people because you were dealt a hand that maybe wasn't as equal as others. Guess what? It's okay. You have to start from somewhere. Even for me, getting into racing and doing what I'm doing, it's been difficult because you know, I didn't come from a racing family. I didn't come from a lot of money. I didn't come from all that stuff. So I had to figure it out on my way and it was difficult. So I can sit here and say, oh man, my life was hard making it up the ranks, but my life definitely was a lot better than people who, you know, might be on the streets in uh, India with absolutely nothing, making a penny a day, you know, type thing. Like, like there's people who drink water off the ground, like in certain places. I mean, like I can't even sit here and complain about anything because they like, how could anyone in this country complain about everything? Even if you're homeless how could you complain when there's other people in even worse conditions who have have absolutely nothing there's people who come from that and can still make it over here they just find some way so it's all about are you going to be ambitious you know don't confuse uh movement with progress right like a lot of people are going to do a million things in a day and it doesn't actually go anywhere like you're gonna, you need the million things you do need to be million things that are trying to step forward and not just a million things just to say you did a million things. Don't confuse movement with progress, ambition over desire, and just stay strong enough. Push, push, push every single day. Like you'll get to where you want to go. Interesting that you say that because a lot of these things are mindset, aren't they? And like I said, I mean, I have to say that when I moved from England to America, you know, I live in a, a nice house. I've got multiple cars now. You know, the world sees me as successful. 
But anytime a person comes around making a delivery, I feel compelled, Jesse, to say to them, I want to tell you, I didn't start here. You know, there's a lot of hard work and effort mm -hmm. that gets there. And it really is a sort of mindset to success is, you know, not seeing yourself as a victim, you know, like you say, looking, looking forward, don't confuse movement with progress. I really like that. And so when you reflect, reflect on yourself, what would you say is your one sort of personality trait, which has really helped you um, get so far ahead, which makes you successful? What, what do you attribute that to? Yeah, quite a few things. Um, like you just said, one of those things is mindset. Um, once I got my mindset into the place that it's at right now, this is what allowed me to really, really start excelling because at the end of the day, um, I can give people a 10 step process on how to succeed at whatever they're doing. I can be like, Oh yeah. If you want to start a business, you know, get this, get that, start this, do that, do this, open this up, boom, 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 boom. I can give you those steps. And these are steps to, you know, get something somewhat going. But at the end of the day, nothing matters if you don't have the right mindset. Like mindset is a whole, is the whole platter. If you don't have the mindset, when the, the wind starts blowing, when the earthquakes start shaking, when fires start happening, everything that you're trying to build is going to burn down and you're never going to know how to build it back up. You got to get your mindset in the right place. Your mindset has to be in a place where you're able to clearly see your vision of where you're supposed to go, what you're supposed to be, what you're supposed to accomplish, and you get and 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 and, and how it's supposed to look like when you get there. You got to have that clear vision. After you have that clear vision, you have to be the type of person who's willing to execute every single day to put actionable steps towards it every day with an insane belief that you are going to make it happen. As you're going through all that stuff, you're going to be hit with a lot. A lot of bad stuff is going to happen, but you have that faith when even when it's pitch black, that the light is still there. Um, you got to have that faith that it's always going to be still there because you originally had that clear vision. And as you're going through, as you're trying to push through and it's getting dark, you got to remember that even in the darkest point of the night, the sun will still rise. It still will come up the next day. You got to keep pushing. And along the way, as people are reaching out for help, those who are, you're inspiring, those who you're, you're motivating by your journey, continue to help those. Because if you help those people achieve their dreams, your dreams will come true too. As long as you keep doing this stuff, you never quit. You will get to the end. And, and this, that everything I just said right there is the type of mindset you got to be in to succeed in anything in life. If you don't have your mindset in that place, you will not accomplish anything. It doesn't matter how many books you read. It doesn't matter how many you know, seminars you go to, conferences, all that stuff. Because I see all these like gurus out there being like, oh yeah, come to my conference and I'll give you the five steps yeah. to, to, to whatever. And I'm like, dude, yeah, you're going to give them those steps, but none of these people, none of them are going to accomplish it because you didn't teach them what was truly important. And that was a mindset. Once you get their mindset in the right place, they, they will be able to do anything in life. But that's how these people keep selling stuff because they keep selling this dream without the actual like... <laughs> important part <laughs> well and it is very true because you're right i mean if you i can give you a book and i can and teach it but if you don't really truly want to learn it if you're not truly committed you, you're not going to put everything into it i mean it's everything in life is effort there is i mean even most people that have wealth would generally say to you that you know just to build the wealth isn't easy or to maintain it is is difficult everything is, is effort and, and in today's society, I guess everyone is looking for that shortcut. Um, I want to be in, in NASCAR. Okay, can you give me a car tomorrow? Well, yeah. as you said, there's a lot of stumbling blocks and a lot of steps to, to get in there. So I guess just as we sort of start to uh, wrap up listening to you talk, who have been some of the bigger influences in your life then? 
Um, a lot of, a lot of influences, uh, throughout my whole life. Uh, I have a friend that I served with on my last ship, uh, Ryan Hogan, who, um, you know, he's, uh, once we got off the ship, he was able to build a business to like a $50 million business. Um, and, uh, he taught me a lot when it came to business stuff on how to get things going and how to think in different ways. Um, you know, I listened to a lot of motivational speakers, but some of my favorite ones are, uh, Les Brown, Eric Thomas, uh, Gary V, um, all the, uh, also um, Robert Kiyosaki, all those folks right there. I mean, I'll take a lot of different nuggets from them, apply it to what I'm doing now in life, help me get my mindset in the right place. And um, that's what's helped me uh, succeed in everything I've been able to do. And a lot of stuff that those folks teach, um, I already internally had. I just didn't realize that that's what was happening, which helped me succeed earlier in life and other things. And then once I understood that that's what it was, then I really started putting energy towards all those different concepts. Cause I'm like, Oh, wow. Like it, it, you know, what I think about, I bring about. So let me use my mind to just yeah. attract everything into my life that I, I want to attract. Like if I need to go make a million dollars, I can create that in my mind and attract it to me. I know it sounds crazy and it sounds like sorcery or whatever, but it's not. <laughs> it's <a real laughs> well, have thing. you ever read the book, um, as a man think of by James Allen? You know what? I, I listen to, I, I don't like reading. I like listening right, okay. to audio books. So You're I, a I man. listen. I mean, we don't like reading. Yeah. There's lots of things I, we don't, we're not naturally good at, you know? Yeah. I don't, I can't, I, for me to sit there and like, like I, I don't like it. So um, I won't, I just might, I go off into different worlds because I, I, my mind is a very, very creative place and it's always moving and always thinking of different things. So it's hard for me to sit, but if I can just listen to it, then I can like multitask and do a lot of things at once. Like when I work out, I typically will listen to stuff. So I have listened to that. Um, and uh, yeah, it was very, very interesting. And I listened to it for the reason of I wanted to just reconfirm to myself that, you know, what you think about, you bring about. Yeah. And I listen, I talk to a lot of people and the focus of the podcast is adversity, positive mindset, um, or found their purpose in life. And one of the commonalities that I always see on every episode is that person that has that self-learning desire um, and to change. And, it, and it's ongoing. It's never, I've read this book. Okay, so I'm done now. Or I've listened to this audio uh, podcast or audio book in your case, I'm done now. You know, it's that constant desire to to do better and grow in themselves. So it's fascinating you saying. I guess I've just got one last question before we wrap up. I know because your agent told me off and said you got 30 minutes. So I want to respect your, 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 your time here, Jesse. But so when you look back as to what you've achieved so far from the... Um, the US Navy to your sports to now being in NASCAR. Is there anything that you look back on and think, I wish I could go back and do that differently? Um, it's not really a lot at all. <laughs> I think I did, everything happened the way it was supposed to happen. And I'm glad it all happened the way it did because that's what allowed me to get to where I'm at right now. So I honestly, I could not change anything. I wouldn't want to change anything. The only thing I, I would probably want to change is, um, rewind back to probably 2013 or so I would have put like, you know, a thousand dollars in Bitcoin. That's the only thing I would have done different. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got a friend of mine, uh, Spencer, he lives in China. He's over in Bali right now. He's, he's big on Bitcoin. He got a YouTube channel and stuff, but I don't understand any of that, but he's like, Simon, you've got to keep putting money over here. But yeah, but we'll, we'll see, see where that all ends. I like to, I like to be able to feel and see things for my investments. I'm a bricks and mortar type guy. Yeah. Jesse, Hey, it's been a, honor and a privilege to talk to you and to get to know you and learn a little bit about your journey and some of the things that sort of resonate with you. So very appreciative of your time. I'll post all your social media uh, within the podcast so people know where, where to find you. But um, any, any closing comments from yourself? 
Yeah, no, um, I think we hit a lot of great points uh, for those out there going after goals and dreams. One, don't let uh, don't let uh, society or the media or whatever tell you what you're not or what you can do, what you can't do, all that stuff. At the end of the day, like Les Brown says, never let someone's opinion of you become your reality. And that should lead your life right there. When you understand that and you can take that on board, you'll be very powerful. and You'll be able to use your mind to attract whatever you want into your life. Um, through grind, effort, faith, um, and just this insane belief that anything that you put your mind to is, is possible. Yeah, and I think, you know, you've been in a very heavily dominated white sport. Um, I think it really shows to people that you can achieve uh, an awful lot if you put your heart, mind, and soul into it. So I wish you every success. Continue to keep climbing up the, the ranks of NASCAR, and I look for hearing your name one day on the, on the top spot of the podium. So, Jesse Awuji, thank you for joining me on the Herbal Cane Podcast. Thank you for joining the Who I Became Podcast. To help spread this inspiring story, be sure to share it with your friends, hit the like button, and of course, subscribe to our channel so you won't miss out on any future episodes. We'd also love to hear how this story impacted you. So leave us a comment on whatever platform you're watching us from. To learn more about this episode, our guests, or Simon, head over to SimonOzimo slash podcast and sign up to receive the latest information delivered straight to your inbox. Once again, thank you for joining us for the Who I Became podcast.